Father, wherever you call us to go, may we go in peace and with the power of your Holy Spirit who gives us the boldness to cry out, Jesus, in this dark and broken world. Thank you for the storms in our lives that draw us to your perfect will and purpose for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as many of you know, social media is a Nineveh to me. But yet I am commanded to go. And wherever you're commanded to go, I pray that you will obey because this is where we find peace ultimately despite the storms, the raging storms that come upon us. We begin to read the book of Jonah today in chapter 1 and verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But instead, many are chasing underwear bandits. God help us. Which brings us to the title of today's episode, Chasing Underwear Bandits, number 306. And it's here that we find the problem with this country called America. Because this country will chase an underwear bandit that wields hammers for weeks and will not remotely pursue the word of God with just as much enthusiasm, time, and energy. And this is a problem, Houston. Like I said, God help us all. Because we are all commanded to go out and cry the word of God, which can save not only a underwear bandit, but all those who will call upon his name. We are simply called to proclaim the word of God, to cry it. But in order to cry it, we must read it, breathe it, smell it, feed upon it, taste it, and live it. I'm glad that Upstate 909 gets this as I read a note that was posted in a comment on social media. My social media timeline this morning, my Nineveh. And it's a note that I received because I cried out a single verse from the Word of God. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, my social media page on Gab is called Christ First, and I just changed the username to reflect this verse to a holy nation, at holy nation. So you can find me at that username on Gab. Now back to Upstate's comment. Uh, This person says, I have begun my annual reading of the Bible, Genesis through Revelation today. I speak it out loud in my home. I orate approximately 10 to 12 pages a day, depending on where a chapter ends. Starting today at the modest rate will lead you to ending the Old Testament, ending the Old Testament on Fat Tuesday and walking through the New Testament with Christ through the Lenten period until Good Friday. And they end, there is plenty of wiggle room in that timeline. I just believe that this is an important time of the year to reflect wholly in the Word. It is also equally important to read your Bible out loud from Alpha to Omega. Thanks for all you do, Andrew. May God bless you and your family. Well, may God bless you and your family upstate. 
as you read through the Word of God, not only through this Lenten period time of the year, but throughout the year as you and I cry out to the Ninevehs of this world to turn to Christ. Now, Upstate was not the only one uh, to reply to this cry, this single verse that I posted on this Nineveh or within this Nineveh called social media. Full Armor Farm says we started our annual reading from Genesis to Revelation a couple weeks ago. The best part is this time my six-year-old son is reading some of the passages. My son and I read out loud in the kitchen while my wife makes breakfast and our other children color. We are so blessed. And we pray that others put Christ first. Amen, my brother. This is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to cry out. Christ first in all things, for he has the preeminence. And I replied to this brother, this dear brother in Christ, that this is true kingdom nationalism. And it's these types of replies that we find true tradition in accordance with the word of God, the same word that we are called to cry out, the same word that those who oppose it will do so unless they repent. And we must Avoid those at some point who continue in this unrepentance. Otherwise, we will be drawn into the same pit of bitterness and despair. And unfortunately, today I had to block a man that I have called Pope Turbo, who is also found within this Nineveh because he's crying out another message called Christian nationalism. I'm going to continue to pray for this brother. And I hope you will too. But there is a time of unrealized repentance where the line is drawn in the sand. And we must obey God over man and we must follow his command that we read about in 2 Thessalonians 3 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. And I would have us to particularly take note of the phrase, every brother, because this is what I find to be in the case of Pope Turbo. I believe that he's a brother in Christ. I believe that he's just going down a dark road, and I'm not the only one who feels this way. Others have reached this same line concerning this brother. And I'm speaking of those who truly care for this man, prayed for him, and in even have greatly supported him. I received a call from one of these brothers just yesterday who was burdened with the same burden concerning this person. And he was drawing near this line, Second Thessalonians 3, 6 line, that is. And then there was another brother that wrote this morning. Full Armor Farm, he says, so you're, 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 you're getting tired of these extra ads in your inbox of Pope Turbo trying to cram Christian nationalism down your throat. He says, yeah, me too. And he, and he wishes that he would just focus on free speech and, and making Gab better. And I replied that I was more disturbed by him saying on Twitter that his Christian nationalist clan has enemies and they're taking names. 
as he responded to a Michael Sobolik who posted concerning Christian nationalism. He says, these tweets encapsulate my concern with Christian nationalism. It blends the kingdom of God with party politics. And once you do that, the enemies of God's people inevitably becomes indistinguishable from political opponents. Because he says, we have enemies. Pope Turbo says, we have enemies. And they must be named. And then I asked him directly in a tweet, if we are his enemies, and if he is taking the names of his Gab customers. He didn't reply. He also reshared or retweeted a post of another Christian nationalist who said they are no longer playing nice with other Christians, which they call evangelicals. There's a Rhett Koppel in parentheses. He says, mostly peaceful jawbone enthusiast at Rhett Koppel. He says this in a tweet. He says, evangelicalism had a nice run. Not a good one, mind you, but a nice one. Now it's Christian nationalism's turn. And the time for niceties is over. Now granted, like I said, I'm sure this man, whom I still believe to be a brother in Christ, a Pope Turbo that is, I'm sure that he's under a tremendous amount of pressure, may be experiencing some heavy storms in his life from this Antichrist world, but I would have him reevaluate the source of this pressure in these storms because God very well and, and very does uh, bring these storms into our lives. And so we must be careful not to commit fratricide. We must clearly identify our enemies, otherwise we will find ourselves reducing our friendlies. And I believe we're seeing exactly this happen within the Nineveh the social media call Gab. We need all of the friendlies we can get, my friends. So choose your friends and heroes wisely. There's a brother, Augustine, who had posted a picture of Elon Musk in his Halloween costume. And I guess this he says that this costume is called the Devil's Champion. And I looked at the uh, costume, and it did look devilish. And it, it, it even included an upside-down cross. But Brother Augustine, he says in this full uh, post, he says, Elon, this is at Brother Augustine too. He says, Elon's Halloween costume is called the Devil's Champion, and he's also decided to keep Yul Roth, the Jewish head of platform censorship, employed by Twitter. Choose your heroes wisely, my friends. Choose your heroes wisely. Now, Elon Musk, he may dress up like the Antichrist, but I'm here to tell you that the real Antichrist may be on the ground as I speak. Lauren, a sister in Christ, sent me a couple of clips of certain Jews in Israel claiming that their Messiah is here. I'm going to have to dig a little bit more deeper into to this supposed Messiah that has arrived in Israel. But I will tell you this, I am seeing quite a bit of traffic on it lately. Heritage Mountain Farm on Twitter replies, is very true, though I'm skeptical of how he would bring world peace and become loved by the world in current events, but God will provide a way if it is so. Wouldn't the third temple have to be erected prior to receiving the Antichrist? 
Yes, sir. No doubt the temple, the third temple, will be part of this all. And from my research, it is underway to include a supposed red heifer. Now, as for the world peace, this Antichrist will be able to deliver miraculous recovery to the nations via miracles. And some claim that this Messiah that's on the ground has already performed some miracles. Now, all of this is temporary, of course. But we must remember that the Antichrist will have an easy job considering that 90 plus percent of the evangelicals in, in this country already worship Israel. Heritage Mountain Farm says, true, didn't know the temple was underway. I know of the One World Religion headquarters being built within the three temples of Abraham in the Middle East as well. What a time to be alive, he says. We should be so blessed to be tested. Well, my friend, we will be tested. Our faith will be tested, no doubt. So I will look forward to my continued research in this area and will no doubt uh, write it in some sort of article format within, with a gospelled episode to follow. Now, we know that many of these things will bring people to their breaking point. As everything around them crumbles and deteriorates, as these storms roll in, remember, my friends, this is good, and it means that the Lord has not given up on us yet. He's drawing us near, but he's not drawing us to lash out at his people. Jonah 1.4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And it's this chaos around us that will either draw us closer to God or it will draw us further from him if we resist his will and unrepentance. And I have a question for you, my friend. Do you feel as though you are no longer in the presence of the Lord? And then I will ask you another question. Are you in his will? Jonah 1.3, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fear thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And I will tell you this, my friend, you can run, but you cannot hide. The Antichrist will even provide you the passage and the ability to get on the ship that thinks it's fleeing, but it's not fleeing. It's going to bring you into the storm that's going to draw you right back to God. And there are times in our lives when we all run and find out very quickly that we cannot hide. But while we are running, we must remind ourselves that there are those in Nineveh who are searching. They are crying out, but in ignorance to other gods. They are seeking other solutions, even political solutions. They need to see our peace. The peace of Christ in the midst of all of this chaos that you and I are experiencing in this world as God draws us near to him and he draws others near to him through this same chaos. Never forget, you and I can run, but we will never be able to hide. Amos 9.2, though they dig into hell, then shall my hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. 
I've learned this over and over in my life. I cannot hide if I wanted to. There is no need in running from the living God, knowing that he alone is our peace in safety. There is no need to fear death. Yet many will fear death and it will cause them to cry out to a God. Even if it's not the God. Jonah 1.5 Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the weirs that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and he was fast asleep. Here we see a man of God. Despite the chaos around him sleeps in peace. May others see that same peace that we have in Christ, even if they steal our vehicle out of a church parking lot. I've seen where Todd Starnes posted. He says, from radio station at mighty 990 KWAM Memphis, Memphis thugs stole a pastor's truck from the church parking lot during a fall festival. And he says crime is out of control. These are all storms, my friends. In this land called Nineveh that we're called to preach the word of God. And it's during these storms that they will always come to us. And they will always come to our God when they can no longer go any further than themselves. Jonah 1.6, so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now, do not get me wrong. In the great midst of this spiritual peace, in the midst of these great and chaotic storms, there's always going to be a fleshly war and struggle. Jonah was a man of great faith, yet he struggled with the will of God for his life. And at the same time, he did not fear the sea and the land nor those who traverse these terrains called the establishment. Because it's the men of God who know that there is a lack of heart that flows from these same establishments as they avoid the will of God with no repentance. Second Kings thirteen nineteen, And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then had thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Their heart wasn't in it. Their heart was not in it. So no need to trust in those who do not fear God. No need to fear the establishment. Jonah feared his God. Jonah feared the one who created all of these things. Jonah feared the one who put the establishment in place for his own will and purpose. Ultimately, Jonah knew that he could run, but that he could not hide. Remember, my friends, even God's people get depressed sometimes in the flesh, and God knows. Listen, I am a wilderness preacher that gets tired sometimes. I do not know of a preacher who does not get tired or who has not been tired, such as Jonah and even Obadiah. Obadiah is one prophet with one book in the Bible, yet he had an important task, a hard task that was not easy. 
as he exposed a small people called the Edomites, who were descendants of Esau, who were despised among the nations for their pride as an exalted eagle. They are antichrists who hated the Jacob called the church, yet will be consumed by this same church's holy fire. Grammy Tutu replies and says, this is where I need more education, understanding lineage from an historical perspective. I feel like I have some gaps in this knowledge. Well, Grammy Tutu, all you need to know and understand is the difference between Esau and Jacob because it's then that you will have the correct hermeneutic to fill in the, these gaps. Amos 9.8, Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth, saving I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. Yet there are still that many do not understand the significance of this Jacob, this Israel, the elect, the church of the Lord God, the body of Christ. And therefore, it's not an easy message to preach this to those who do not understand this difference, this hermeneutic. It wasn't an easy task and message for Obadiah either. Neither was it for Jonah to preach these things even to their own physical people. And neither will it be an easy task for you or I especially in a day when blasphemy increases throughout the West. Yet we must cry out the word of God. The postmillennial.com had posted an article entitled Ontario Women Arrested After Protesting Church-Sponsored Drag Queen Event. And in this Snippet says, I am protesting grown adults who want to dress in lingerie and dance around children. In a church, no less. Thank you to those who are crying out. To those within Nineveh. Who have rebelled against Almighty God. Who need Jesus Christ. And those who are being obedient need to be encouraged then thank you for your encouragement thank you to all those who lift up these tired arms at times Colleen on Gab replies we all get tired sometimes my mom passed away last month and since then I've taken everything to heart and I feel sad my heart hurts so much more than I've ever imagined it could our dog is sick and probably will die he he is old but I can't stand to lose him it feels like there's always something new to pile on, and I've been having problems seeing my blessings. It hasn't been easy with everything going on to keep things in perspective, but I find when I read the Bible and I speak out loud that it, this is in God's hands, I feel better. When I feel down, I listen to this song called Blessings Offer, and it has a strong message. She, she finishes and she says, Last, our strength comes from the Lord. We are not walking alone. We can never stand on our own, in our own strength. And then she says, You are a blessing to so many. Well, my dear sister in Christ, you are a blessing as well. Peace be with you. We are not alone as you have stated. And we have plenty of people to pray for. And I'm glad that plenty of people pray for me. I'm glad that many 
help me and lift these arms when they get tired. And I'll tell you this, dear Christian, when the storm rages, we tend to often want to blame others. But most of the time, what I'm finding is, is that we need to look to ourselves. Jonah 1.12, and he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. And it's after this self-reflection, and after that we repent accordingly, we must remember that the storms that come in our lives may just lead to other men's salvation. Jonah 1, 14 through 16, Wherefore they cried unto the Lord, and he said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. It is here that we see a twofold salvation. These men that called upon the Lord because of these circumstances were saved. And then the man, Jonah, who was thrown into the sea, too was saved as a great fish swallowed him up. And it's here that we see that salvation is all of the Lord. And if you are in Christ, you are swallowed up completely. Jonah 1.17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So my question is, friends, are you chasing underwear bandits or are you sharing the word of God that has not only led to our salvation, but will lead to the salvation of other men. Psalm 123, 3-4, Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. We are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Just upon completion of today's episode, I went on to Gab and I saw an interesting reply from deplorable Brock, he says, there's always Twitter in Satan's champion. Yeah, Gab and Torba aren't perfect. We are humans who Jesus loves, but Torba isn't running around in this costume and cucking immediately to the ADL. And I replied to deplorable Brock. I said, Satan does not run around in these costumes either. We know that 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen through 15 says, and no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And this is the point, my friends. So no need in chasing these underwear bandits. Psalm 125. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, 
and to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.